Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the internationally known, internationally growing Two Bucks Sports Pod. Uh, welcome in my co-host, Uncle Buck here. Uncle Buck, man, we are growing on the international scene like wildfire, you know. Uh, who knew that we had such fans in other pockets of the world outside of our little neighborhoods here in South Carolina and Mississippi? I tell you what, growing up in Mississippi, you don't think much gets out of here. You know, now, <laughs> if you yeah. want to do something big, you got to go somewhere else. Well, I'm telling you, people are coming to Mississippi to listen to this podcast. And I, <laughs> I thought it was because of the World Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, because of my blistering takes on the World Cup and uh, this, th- the knowledge that you can get from this podcast on the World Cup, you cannot find anywhere mm-hmm. else. Nope. But uh, as you told me, well, go ahead. Tell everybody else where the listeners are coming from. Yeah. So uh, through our hosting site, it kind of gives us a, a snapshot of where our downloads are. Um, and as expected, our downloads, top ones are the United States of America with an un, uh, undisclosed location. You know, it could be anywhere. Uh, number two, coming in bunker somewhere. Yep. From the bunker somewhere. Camp David. Um, number two is Corinth, Mississippi. Uh, no out. shocker there. Yep. Big shout out to the three, eight, eight, three, four. Number three is Brussels, Belgium with 11 downloads. There we um, go. You know, so we definitely Brussels. got a, a pocket of uh, World Cup fans there. But you, know, you know what Brussels is famous for, right? Their pancakes? Waffles? What? I was going to say they're sprouts, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's fair. Belgium um, as a country is known for their waffles. Their waffles. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you the Brussels sprouts with it. You're, you are a dad now, so you're entitled to dad jokes. Hey. Um, rounding out the number 10 spot in our most downloaded podcast uh, locations with four downloads is the Netherlands. The um, Dutch. Yeah, the, to the Dutch. To the Dutch. They're still hanging on. Yep. You know. So we, we knew about those two. They've, those have been around a while. We've got two new countries with one download each. So big shout out to our new listeners in Mexico City, Mexico. Big soccer town there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mexico City, uh Higher up in the sky than uh, our own brethren of Colorado. That's it, man. You can't. Uh, not everybody can go play football there without passing out. <laughs> you can, you can get high in Mexico, but you can get higher in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we have a new one, and I'm not even going to begin to try to pronounce this town, but it's no, in please, India. please, please, give it your best. <laughs> All right, give it your best. In my best costume English, it is uh, Chennai, India. So we're going to go with it. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. Who's bad? Have you been under? <laughs> the, the World Cup is over, but uh, I hope you stick around. Although Mexico and India didn't quite fare too well in the uh, the World Cup. So mm-hmm. that, they didn't make it as far as the U.S., if I remember correctly. Yeah. And, and uh, if you don't make it further than the U.S., then you're a pretty poor soccer community. And just remember, at the end of the day, the United States has 32 SEC championships. The rest of the world has zero. Cheers to that. <laughs> and the only sport that matters. Anyway, yeah. So uh, welcome into the international podcast. Uh, Drew, our, our audience is growing, and we're, we're trying to reach more people. Um, so just want to give a quick shout out. We now have a blog page. We have our own website. Um, so far, I, we launched it over the weekend just with some uh, kind of an introductory blog and then some quick analysis of a Grizzlies loss and a Tennessee Titans loss. But 
I've had 10 visitors so far, 12 views of the of the blog. So uh, just another way that we can kind of interact with our audience, get to breaking news a little bit sooner, and then offer our, our expert analysis on the teams that we care about. Yeah, that's a, that was a great idea. That was Rusty's idea, and uh, I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, back in the day before we did this podcast, I did a, a weekly, uh, I guess you could call it a blog, a sports, uh, our fantasy football award show that I I tried to keep up weekly, and uh, if I'm being honest, it didn't it didn't happen every week. But I've always found that that was a really fun way to just uh, channel channel thoughts. I've always done, been better to do it that way. You can hear me sometimes on here when I you can hear my gears going when I'm speaking. Uh, so when I can write it down, it all tends to flow a little better. And so that's a very good medium for in between podcasts, you know, mm-hmm. feel like we miss a pretty good bit on the, you know, we're catching news a few days late uh, when we do a weekly podcast. So if there's anything big that goes on or any, anything we just want to touch on in between Wednesdays, that's where you'll find us on that WordPress account. And uh, Rusty, give them the website in which they can find that or where yep. they can find the link to it. Yep. So it's the number two bucksportspod.com so if you just type that in your browser or pull up our wordpress there's currently three blogs up there um again just like with our channels guys you know give it a like give it a follow share it with somebody um help us get worded out about uh, our expert knowledge and all things southern sports um but any kind of support like that is helpful we appreciate it definitely get on there and give it a read right and that's uh that is two bucks sports pod with the number two on instagram and twitter Mm-hmm. and the uh, the WordPress site as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, with the uh, with that being told, uh, let's get into the news of the week. So, um, I'm a Christmas guy. You, you know that. So a couple weeks ago, we did songs. Last week, we did movies. Mm. And so I called Rusty today, and I was like, I, today on the pod, I just want you to give me your Christmas list. What are you, what are you asking Santa for this year? Mm. Uh, we'll go one at a time, mm-hmm. and we're just going. We have not got much of a format this week, so we're going to use this to guide the podcast. Uh, we've got some things we want to touch, but I imagine some of them will be touched in this. So mm-hmm. let's just uh, hang loose here and uh, tell me what you want the big man upstairs to bring you this this Sunday. Uh, so I guess kind of first and foremost. Uh, you know, we we covered it in depth last week. Um, I don't know. Did you get a chance to watch the? Uh, did you see the memorial for Mike Leach on the SEC Network today? I actually did. I watched the whole thing. It was really cool, man. Bob Stoops up there. Uh, you know, really bringing out the emotions. Uh, you know, a lot of guys had a lot of nice things to say. I appreciate what he said about Mike Leach. You know, he's coaching the football game up there, and it's fourth and two in his own forty. You know, he's going for it. You know, just a, well, a, a homage to him for sure. As one should. You don't win championships mm-hmm. by punting. That's right. I, Mike Leach, it was just doing what everybody should have been doing this whole time. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And that, that was amazing. Great. But we won't, you know, begrudge that any longer for me. My first Christmas wish, um, it, you know, it, it's just stability for my program. I uh, I like the hire of Zach Arnett. I think that's a win. Um, is he going to be the guy that takes us to the next level? I don't know. You know, this is only his third season as a coordinator. Now he's being rushed into a head coach position. I don't know that he's the guy long term, but he's the right call right now with the right timing. 
National Signing Day is tomorrow, or the early signing day is tomorrow. The transfer portal is the Wild West. Listen today, as of this morning, Texas A&M has 25 players in the transfer portal. Not all of them are starters, but still, 25 players. Ole Miss has 18. Like, there's a lot of dudes that are looking for new schools, and it was the right hire at the right time. So my first wish, a little bit sentimental, is that we'll find some stability in Starville with Zach Garnett. Yeah, and I think, like you said, I think that hire was the best way to achieve stability quicker. The -hmm. question was, do you go for stability or do you try to go for broke, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, if stability is what you want, I think stability is what you're going to get. In regards to the transfer portal, uh, like you said, uh, everybody's got a bunch, and that's the case everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, Texas A&M, or we're going to touch on this later because I, I want to get into the kind of my thought on the early signing day or, and mm-hmm. signing day in general. But A&M's doing it again, mm-hmm. you know, with the with uh, the signing of all these huge four- and five-star players and kind of getting who they want again. But you can look at the transfer portal and see kind of how the current players feel about how things are going. Yep. And so, you know, and again, like, again, Ole Miss is concerned, you know, Ole Miss only brought basically only brought in uh, they had the number one class of transfer portal kids mm-hmm. last year in the country. Mm-hmm. So that kind of money in, money out, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to in five years, you're going to see players who have played for five schools. It's yeah, just and that's how it's going to be. Yeah. You already see that. JT Daniels is looking for his fourth team in four years. You know, started at USC, Georgia, West Virginia, now looking for a new school. Devin O'Leary found a new school in Kentucky, which is a big get for them. Uh, but it's, it's interesting. Like, Ole Miss has definitely worked the transfer portal a lot harder than Mississippi State. Yeah, we both finished eight and four this past year. So, like, well, there's still the data is still really new on the transfer portal with these new, you know, ability to be able to transfer a little bit easier. So, I'm curious what that's going to look like. Is there a better win loss total for these schools that work the transfer portal, or what does that actually look like, say, five, six years down the road? Well, and if you, you've got to remember, you only get one. You only get one free transfer still. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can transfer as many times as you want still. But you still if you're the team that gets the one free transfer kid, then you've got a little leverage because you know if he leaves, then he's gonna have to sit out a year. Mm-hmm. So it's it's definitely interesting and it's mm-hmm. it's complicated, it's muddied the waters. And if you want to get into National Signing Day right now, uh I can just give you my quick blurb on it let's hold on that let's do our christmas wishes first we'll get to national okay. Saturday in a minute because i do want to have that conversation because i think we both have some pretty good pretty uh interesting opinions on it so right. my first wish is just stability with zach garnett wish he'd do well so okay we got well my first christmas wish is i wish that desmond bain would be back for christmas mm. um as, <laughs> as us diehard grizzlies fans know and as nba fans throughout the world are starting to find out that the Grizzlies are good and they're here to stay. Mm-hmm. And that is the most evident in being displayed in the fact that they've got a Christmas Day game this year. Mm-hmm. They are having a rematch with Golden State, uh, who put us out of the playoffs last year mm-hmm. uh, in a series that I believe if John Morant stays healthy, we win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it goes to six games and we play two and a half of them without him. Mm-hmm. So, 
I do believe that the Grizzlies win that series last year mm-hmm. if John Morant yeah. stays healthy. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the games without Ja, we won by like 30 something points. Like we played, right. we outplayed them for the entirety of the series, except for four. Yeah. Right. And so I wish that Desmond Bain would be back for Christmas. And it seems mm-hmm. like maybe mm-hmm. it could happen because mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. Do you know yeah. how? Do you know how uh, news leaks out on Twitter? Mm-hmm. It's by emojis. Oh, yeah. We, we got those wide side eyed <laughs> emojis coming from Desmond Bain a couple of days ago retweeted by Ja, and then Ja commented a picture with some question marks. It was a picture of Bain in his uniform on the court. And so – That Desmond Bain then liked. So so maybe we're being investigators and trying too hard, but this has <laughs> happened before mm-hmm. when it leaks out by the players on social media. And I don't know if you saw this or not. This was the most telling thing for me. You know – Danny Green was on uh, mm-hmm. NBA Today on ESPN. Which I found really weird that he was on there talking about himself as a trade piece, but that's a different right. conversation. And that is that is what got everybody paid attention to, is that mm-hmm. it, it's been known that he's wanted to get into broadcasting later, and even Valley Sports has had him on during mm-hmm. games uh, to commentate for a quarter. He does a great time. job. Yeah. Right. And so everybody started talking about Ron Windhorse. <laughs> looking at Danny Green right there to his left and saying, you're a trade piece, you know? And, of course, Danny Green, as the professional, the the vet, said, yeah, I understand this is the business and I'm an expiring contract. Mm-hmm. But then later in that interview, he said, yeah, and it's especially uh, with Bank coming back for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, hold on a second. <laughs> Everybody's that. talking about the shade that Windhorse apparently threw. Mm-hmm. And Danny Green slipped that in, and I was like, "All right," but I was kind of discouraged a little bit today because I keep track with the the injury reports as they come out. I've got the tweet notification from Grizz PR mm-hmm. to get the injury reports, and typically, when a player's coming off injury, especially a lengthy one, they will go doubtful for a game, right? And they won't play, and they'll go questionable for mm-hmm. a game that won't play, and then they'll play that third game. Yep. Well, he's just listed as out for tonight's game against Denver. Yep. Um, just no doubtful, no questionable. He's just out. So mm-hmm. maybe they break from the pattern here. I know when uh, I think it was, I think it was Jaron. They just kind of he went from doubtful to questionable before a game was played, and then he, he was. was he was also one that got leaked on Twitter because Ja tweeted out the uh, the 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 unicorn emoji, and that week is when he was able to start kind of getting back in the mix a little bit. Um, so, so, so job breaks more Grizzlies news than Woj. That's it. <laughs> they, have, they, they definitely want to take his phone away from him. Most of the time. <laughs> It'll be in his new contract. Like Hugh freeze. You can't be well, on social media anymore. When, when he got on uh, now, he makes a lot of money and they're going to let him, he's got more leeway than me and you will ever have at our jobs. <laughs> yeah. But when he got tossed out of that game, Mm. on uh saturday night against mm-hmm. oklahoma city and went straight back to the locker room started retweeting folks yeah that we had had our phone snatched yeah. quick but not only that but he's facetiming with the fan on the sideline <laughs> through his dad he calls yeah. him, he facetimes his pop and says go talk to that lady <laughs> yeah I, my conversation wasn't over yet <laughs> i wasn't done <laughs> just because the cops had took offense to it i wasn't done <laughs> yeah so, um, which, uh, yeah, so I want Desmond Bain back mm-hmm. for the Christmas night game against Golden yeah. State. 
which leads me into my next Christmas wish. And that's that these NBA refs will pick whatever wedgie they have right now oh, out and goodness. get over it, man. Like, all right, let me set the stage. So I'm watching this game Saturday night, and it looks like Ja is jawing with the ref. But in reality, um, it's early in the first quarter. It's about 16 minutes, 12 minutes into the game. Ja's got six points so far, really hadn't hit his stride yet, but he's been slashing a lot and not getting some pretty obvious foul calls. So he already, calls. yeah, not getting the superstar calls he should be right. getting. Right. So he already took offense to it and said something to referee, uh, last name's Acosta, um, and uh, wrote about it in the blog. He took offense to, to not getting the calls and said something, got a technical. A couple minutes later, it looks like from the TV angle, he's jawing with the same referee who then tees him up and kicks him out of the game. Well, basically, it comes out that he's actually and talking. This was to in the second quarter. The yeah, second early second quarter. Was halfway mm-hmm. through the second quarter. Yeah, it was about 16 minutes of game time is all he'd been able to play. He's, a, he's standing instead of free throw. He's standing in the block. He's talking to this girl, and he gets rung up. And basically, it comes out that he that this is a Grizz super fan that catches most of our games, travels a lot, sees us play on the road. So Ja's familiar with him. And she asked Ja, are you going to be able to get back in this game? And with some colorful language that I will omit, he said, yes, I will, if the rest will quit messing around and give us some calls. Well, Mr. Acosta took offense to that, ran him out. You know, I've watched a couple other NBA games. Well, obviously watched most of the Grizz games. Um, probably it happened to Luca last night. Happened to Luca last night. Like these NBA refs are pulling an Angel Hernandez. They're trying to be a part of the game. And when the refs do their job, you don't even know, like the best referee games, you don't even know they're there. They keep the right. game flow. They get the obvious calls, but they let the guys play because the NBA is going to have to do something because – when you've got superstars like Ja getting run in the second quarter, Luka catching technicals in the first half, you got Embiid tossed by halftime. Like the superstars are getting run out that the fans are paying to come see. Like no offense to the Salty Adamas of the world, no offense to these other like second tier. Dylan Brooks. Who, yeah. Nobody's coming to watch them. They're coming yeah. to watch Ja, Luka, Embiid, Giannis, you know, those guys. And if they're getting especially, tossed in the first half. It like, especially sucks on road games too because – right. Because in Oklahoma City, I was listening to a podcast even before this happened um, where they were talking to some Oklahoma City folks and they were saying that the Grizzlies yeah. coming to Oklahoma City to play was projected to be their highest selling yeah. game of the year. Yeah. And and for John to get rung up in the second quarter. And, and so I'm not a bash the refs guy. Um, I really try not to be, especially when it comes to like, dictating wins and losses and ticky-tack fouls and you know it's got to be pretty egregious my problem with Acosta in this situation was that it was a totally it was a pride move Mm -hmm. it was he's John damaged his ego and he let his ego determine that game because Mm -hmm. what he could have done was just ignored it yeah because I would understand it if John was going at him like you said Mm -hmm. It seemed like he may have been facing his direction when it was from one of the canyon, from mm-hmm. one of the camera angles, but he, but he wasn't. And so, and I know Giles run hot before, and he's done some stuff to get tossed. And if he were to have gone at him and mf'd him to his mm-hmm. face, then I'm going to side with that ref. Just be like, you know what, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm a person too, almost. You mm-hmm. know, like. You're going to treat me with a little bit of respect. You may not mm-hmm. agree with me, but at least respect the position I'm in. I'm 
Yeah. I yeah. miss calls. I'm sorry. I hate it. Yeah. But, you know, don't come at me like that. Don't point at me. Don't throw your hands at me. Don't run mm-hmm. at me. But John, he was eavesdropping on a conversation with a fan and got his yeah. feelings hurt. And that's I the think, thing, like, had he not had he not tossed Ja, there would have been about 15 people right there that knew what happened. The rest of the world would have had no clue because Ja was talking to that fan and it didn't get picked up by Hot Mike. Nobody heard it. Like right. nothing came out of it. And you're right. They've got this thin skin, this ego thing that if you're an NBA rep, that's a tough job. You know, people are going to talk about you. You know, they're going to say things. You signed up for it. You signed up for it. And like you right. said, unless they're you're berated, getting berated to your face, you got to let some of that stuff go and let right. your ego be put aside. Right. Because you've got to know who pays your bills. Mm. And I'm not saying that you you don't want NBA officials cowering to superstars mm-hmm. either. You mm-hmm. want it to be as fair as possible. Right. However, you've got to know if Oklahoma City, now they're on a hot streak right now. They're yes. not as bad as we thought. But yes. say that happens in uh, Charlotte, who is mm-hmm. horrible. Mm-hmm. And the only reason these people are going yeah. to see Charlotte and Memphis mm-hmm. is because of John Morant. Because we play there and, once a year, you know. Right. And the money that the income that comes in on those mm-hmm. tickets that are sold, it'll be the best game that Charlotte's had all year. And you you I mean, if it were me and I was a Charlotte fan going to see John Morant in Charlotte, mm-hmm. I'm out of there. Yeah. Like you've missed a half of concessions, you've yeah. missed you've missed t shirt sales, everything. Yep. I'm I'm gone. Yeah. You know, because I know you're yeah. going, we're not going to lose, you know. And here's, here's the other thing I was listening to. I'm going to give a shout out to I'm, I'm not sure if you listen to these guys yet, but there's a there's a there's a network of podcasts called Locked On Sports. Yes. And they I'm, post aware, daily, of the, I'm aware of the network. I'm yes. Right. So they post daily podcasts. I get notifications for the Titans and the Grizz and they come out every day, Monday through Friday. And then they do a Sunday one for the Titans. Just a quick like recap of the game right. usually. Um, Joe Mullinex was talking about this very incident earlier this week, uh, yesterday on the podcast, uh, Locked on Grizzlies, uh, you can find it on Spotify. And he was talking about where it's going to start hurting is Vegas. Because no, like you look at Vegas numbers, nobody's betting on certain referees to toss 2.5 players, to call 6.5 technical fouls, right? What they're they're going to call for is Jaws going to have plus, you know, eight and a half rebounds. Um, Giannis is going to have 29 and a half points. And when you're getting these guys tossed early and Vegas starts losing a lot of money or vice versa, that's when they'll be starting some pressure to be put on the NBA refs. I thought it was an excellent point. Right, right, because we live in a day of time and time of sports betting being legal. And there is an official, I believe it's is it Caesars? That is the mm-hmm. official sports book of the NBA. The NBA has mm-hmm. affiliation with a sports book. If yeah. the sports book is taking a bath every time a superstar gets kicked, yep. because those prop bets aren't hitting. Yep. Well, then, yeah, that's going to trickle down, too. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, that was a great point. Yeah, like Ja getting tossed early and he doesn't hit the, the over-under that he's supposed to and Vegas loses their shirt on it, things will change. And, yeah, you're right because they've got that goofy little commercial with the uh, Manning brothers and the uh, and the floating Caesars that always plays on ballot sports. Yeah, you got uh, – <laughs> um, what's his name? Uh, Vince Vaughn and uh, <laughs> J.B. Smoove. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, but you know the big. If I was an Oklahoma City fan, I'd be pretty mad that Jaw got tossed too. Because mm-hmm. before even Jaw got tossed, they were kicking our tail. Absolutely. And the Grizzlies just showed up flat the whole yeah. game, oh and Jaw getting rung up, mm-hmm. tossed out of that game, uh, distracted from the fact that Oklahoma City worked us pretty good that game. 
Yeah, we we did not look interested. Brandon Clark did not play well. I mean, nobody, not single night, but nobody, Brandon, played. Played, nobody played well. Nobody played great. Um, Dylan Brooks took more shots than like everybody combined in the first half. Yeah, it was just a terrible combined effort from top to bottom, offense, defense, and and God bless Trevor Drinkinson. He tried everything, timeouts. He drew up plays. Like he tried everything. That team was just not interested in that game, and I, I was afraid of that after such a big win. Um, but I thought we were professionals and we were past that, but apparently not. Yeah. Uh, my second wish list, uh, I've, I've written this down and I put it in the mail uh, for Santa. I would like a remote control that is so big that it's impossible to lose. <laughs> I'm talking about make it a make it a piece of furniture <laughs> that I can sit beside my chair. Yeah, I have three kids and a dog that love this remote. And every time I was, <laughs> I was sitting down here, it was it was crazy how these things come to me, I guess. But I'm sitting down here to do pre-work for the pod, and I knew I wanted to come up with a Christmas list, and I wanted to put it on the NBA game, the let's see, the Warriors game that's playing mm-hmm. right now. I wanted to put it on while I was thinking, and I couldn't find the remote anywhere. <laughs> I was like, all right, well that's that's what I want. I want yeah. the biggest remote control you can find because <laughs> I, I never can find that thing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's good. I like that. We had one in college that was the size of like a small book. Um, yeah. shout out my roommate, John Goldman, we had this big silver one. Um, and he had programmed, we had two different TVs that we had in our living room that you could watch, had it programmed to those. That thing was, it was a brick, man. And it weighed a ton. You'd ask for the remote, somebody throw it at you. And that, it's that like kept- throwing a laptop. That's it. You better catch it. It's like a flying iPad, at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there you go. Make it the size of an iPad. Or make, make it my iPad. How about mm. that? Mm. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Download the app, man. There it is. We'll create an app for it. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't want to ju- – because I've got a fire stick on my – control on my iPad. Sure. But I can't control the volume or turn the TV mm-hmm. on with it. On and off. And yeah. then – you know I'm not going to get up there and push the buttons like it's the 80s. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't even know where the buttons are at on this TV. You know, <laughs> I've had, had it a, for years. I had a friend's grandfather, God rest his soul. Um, his son, my friend's dad, had just bought a TV, first TV with a remote that they don't ever own as a family, right? And they come over, and they're sitting there looking at the TV, and my friend's dad said, look at this, I got a remote. And he changed the channel a couple of times, and his dad was sitting over there real pensive-like, you know? He said, son, he said, I would hate to see the day where I got so lazy that I couldn't ask my wife to get up and change the channel when I needed it changed. (laughs) You know, uh, I don't know that there's anything my wife wouldn't throw at me if I said, hey, get up, (laughs) go change that picture on the TV. Absolutely. What's next on your Christmas list? Next on my Christmas list is I wish, and I know you've got a hot take on your bowl games, and that's great, but I wish there were more opt-ins like Bryce Young and Will Anderson. You know, those guys said, you know, we over over me decided to opt-in two weeks ago when we did this podcast, and I said, look, man, I think K-State's going to run all over Alabama. They're going to have opt-outs left and right. With Bryce Young and Will Anderson coming back, like, I think it's going to be a much better game. You know, Jigsaw, that receiver uh, at, at Ohio State, he opted out. Jigsaw? That's his nickname, man. Um, oh, really? It's in Jigba. In, in Jigba. Jigba yeah, his, that's Jackson yeah. and Jigba. 
you know, great nickname, right? right? It's a great nickname, yeah. Right? Jigsaw. And I'm, I'm not trying to say Jigsaw. Yeah, that's why I said it because I, <laughs> I'm going to butcher his real name. Yeah. Um, but like guys like that opting out for the entire season, like that's, you know, I understand like from the player's perspective, if you've got a significant chance of injury, but you've got a higher chance of being like a first top 10 pick or at least a you first have, round your pick. ceiling is whether you play or not, you're right. going to, you can't go any higher. I get it. I understand. Like I understand it's a business decision, but at the same time, man, like it just feels like a cop out, like it to me. And again, this is just strictly the opinions of Rusty Wed, not the not the voice of this podcast. But I feel like it's a coward's way out of like, you know what? I, I committed this team, but I'm out. I'm going to take care of myself. To me, it's a it's at least a yellow flag if I'm an NFL executive. And so for my next Christmas wish, I'm going to sound like a like a like a curmudgeon, like an old man. But uh, I don't like opt outs, man. Don't like well, opt outs. And. I don't disagree with you. Uh, I'm not going to use as strong a language as calling it, you know, quitting or anything like that. I do believe it's part of the thing. It was like the final thing that endeared Ole Miss fans to Matt Corral is mm-hmm. that he was – he played. Yeah. The the opposite's true, though. He got mm-hmm. injured, and it ended up not being a long-term one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm with you. Um, if If you cannot gain ground from the bowl game – I have no problem with you leaving, especially if you're not playing in the playoff. If you're playing in the playoff, you should play. Like mm-hmm. The Jackson Jigsaw, you mm-hmm. know, I believe he should play. Now, he's one of those that he's projected in the top half of the first round, so his ceiling is not going to get any higher mm-hmm. by playing well in the playoff. Mm-hmm. But that is for – that's, that's it. That's, that's what you play for. You right. know, And so I do have a problem with that. Um, and so what I said about Matt Corral, I believe about Bryce Young. Uh, if, if all things are equal, if you scout Bryce Young and, um, help me out the, uh, uh, CJ Stroud Mm -hmm. and Will Levis, if you scout all of them together and you are looking at, they're all the same Mm -hmm. and, two of them opt out and Bryce Young plays, then I want Bryce Young. Absolutely. Tough Especially kid. at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Because, first off, I think Bryce Young's incredible, and uh, he's he's going to be that quarterback that's overlooked mm-hmm. because of mm-hmm. measurables, mm-hmm. Uh, and he shouldn't be. He's probably going to be the best quarterback that's in that draft. Yep. Um, but – if all things were equal, I want I want the guy that's going to go ride with his boys. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Especially at quarterback, I want the guy yeah. that laces up and says, "Ride or die, I'm with you yeah. guys. I'm not going to start thinking about myself now. Yeah, we're going we're going to win this or lose this together." Yeah, I agree. I want that tough kid that's like, you know what? It's it, I'm a part of this team. We built this. We're going to finish it. That's the kind of guy I want lacing up. I sure don't want somebody who's going to put mayonnaise in their coffee. But that's a conversation for another day oh listen if we get into the nfl draft will levis will not be a fan of ours no no sorry aaron ivy but uh when we do the uh in a couple months when we do the nfl draft preview you might want to skip that episode but uh um (laughs) and you you can just i'll listen to you you know that he had a bad Mm -hmm. offensive coordinator his junior year was better than or sophomore year was better than his junior year i'm i'll agree with you on that I will not have a quarterback to lead my franchise that puts mayonnaise in coffee. 
Yeah, like, like you know, we had this conversation with Aaron earlier. Like, some people put ketchup on steak. Like, I can follow the logic and get to that conclusion. There is not a single logical point in any galaxy that exists today where putting mayonnaise in coffee is a normal, just everyday thing. Like, you just say it in conversation. How do you oh, take your coffee? Like- with one scoop of mayonnaise, please. <laughs> you do that at Starbucks, they're going to run you out on a rail. <laughs> yes, I'll have a venti ice mocha, but instead of milk, can you use mayo? <laughs> that's a get out. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, no, you get out. So it's, it's, yeah. yeah. No. Anyway, what's your, what's your next Christmas list uh, wish besides mayonnaise being eradicated? <laughs> you know, uh, that was going to be number uh, five for me, but I'm only going to do four, you know, take all the mayonnaise in the world, put it on a rocket ship, lift the recipe and shoot it in orbit. That's my stance on mayonnaise. Um, <laughs> All right, so uh, my next Christmas wish is that Ole Miss gets a new basketball coach. <laughs> and uh, you hear about I'm not basketball now, huh? Yeah, no, that's that's kind of my point. That's where I'm going to get to. Ole Miss lost to the University of North Alabama today Ooh. in a matinee. <laughs> they were Ken Palm three fifty something out of you know, 350-something plus three, you know, like that's how far down the list they were. Wow. They got beat in a matinee in Oxford by UNA. Hmm. And the new coach thing is, I've told you, I am not, I, I don't pay much attention to Ole Miss basketball. Sure. But that can change. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love the Grizzlies. They get a lot of my time and effort in mm-hmm. basketball fronts and in basketball season. But I'm a rebel first. I love Ole Miss. I was that's who I was raised. I was raised by Ole Miss fans. I I am a purebred Ole Miss fan. And I couldn't care less about this basketball team. And it's because since Kermit Davis has been there, they went to the tournament his first year and they've been terrible yeah. ever since. Yeah. Or worse than terrible, they've just been good enough for him not to get fired. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so I just I want I want to want to pay attention to, to Ole Miss basketball. But if you're telling me that on a normal Tuesday at two o'clock when there's not much going on, there's mm-hmm. not anything to watch for sure or listen to, I'd love to be able to listen to an Ole Miss basketball game. But you're gonna lose to UNA? Like mm-hmm. I'm done. Like, yeah. What what I I was not paying much attention before, but the the faucet is off at this point. Yeah. Like, you I know, just, you're going to have to get new blood in there. Gone are the days of Andy Kennedy being shoved in the back of a cop car saying, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? That was the and, last time Ole Miss was relevant. <laughs> and Andy Kennedy did not make the tournament near enough, and that's why he got canned. Yeah. But much like Mike Leach, Andy Kennedy didn't was not tamed by anybody. <laughs> you're talking about – I, there's some stories on Andy Kennedy when he was playing in the Tad Pad. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever been to the Tad Pad in Oxford. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, – uh, how to best put it? It was like a tornado shelter that they played oh, yeah. basketball in. I saw Jarvis Renato block about 15 shots one night up there. Yeah. Uh, one time he was giving a tour or uh, talking to one of the reporters uh, before the game, and they were walking around the court. He said, hey, look up there. Pointed up at the roof. He mm-hmm. said, you see that blue dot? That guy said, yeah. He said, that's the sky. 
<laughs> so, I mean, so at least if you're not going to be good, be entertaining. Yeah. If you're not going to be, be good or be good at it, you know what I'm saying? That's it, man. It, Kermit is nothing. Yeah. Neither. I and agree. So, uh, give me someone else. And um, I don't really care who. I'll uh, I'll hit the reset button when Ole Miss hits the reset button. There you go. Yeah, man. Like, you know, even like I mean, Mississippi State, you know, we lost today, lost to Drake. Uh, they're a nine and three team. They're, you know, a, like one of those teams that flirts the tournament every year. But, um, but you know, it's our first loss of the year. Like we're at least competitive. Camouflage clothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bad loss. Poor loss. Probably not the same people, but, uh, you know, Mississippi State, we'll find out what we got the next couple of games. We play uh, Alabama at home. We play at Tennessee. But, you know, it'd be nice to have you kind of paying attention to college basketball so we get uh, we could kind of talk about – have some segments on that. I think that'd be good. So, yeah. I'll, pay, I'll pay attention. I'm just not going to pay much attention to Ole Miss. <laughs> <laughs> I really get into college basketball uh, when everybody else does later mm-hmm. in the season, close mm-hmm. to tournaments. And mm-hmm. I really like watching the players that are projected to go high in the draft. There you go. Uh, so um, college basketball is uh, just like what the NBA has turned into. It's a player's mm-hmm. sport more yeah. than a team sport. Yep. And younger fans of the NBA especially, especially <laughs> NBA is a national – it's not like baseball where it's very localized in segments and then in, mm-hmm. in the surrounding areas in which there's a team. Uh, NBA is very widespread, and it's all because of superstar players. Absolutely. Kids love players. And so – yeah, especially because, like, I was talking to a buddy today in Corinth, and his his nephew, like, he doesn't know much about the NBA, but he knows John Morant, and John Morant's his favorite player. And, like, we could go my, – my boss in Wilmington, his son's favorite player is John Morant. And so I have my John Morant pocket square on at a meeting recently. He took a picture of it to show that, yeah, shout out to Drew for getting that for me. Um, <laughs> he took a picture to show his son. You're right. Like, these small market teams now because these guys, not everybody's going to the Lakers and to the Knicks anymore. They're staying in Memphis. They're staying in Milwaukee. You know, they're going to these smaller markets and create like New Orleans. New Orleans is the, is the number five team in the newest NBA power rankings. You're absolutely right. And I think you're going to see more of that in college basketball with this NIL deal. Because like, you know, schools like Auburn, schools like AM, they've got these deep vats that right now they're mostly for football. But as that kind of develops, I think we're going to see less of the blue, blood, blue bloods. And especially in a college, in a sport like college basketball, where you can only have like, what, 12 guys that travel. You're going to right. see that talent spread out a whole lot more, I think, than you will in football. And football is still going to be the Blue Bloods because they can afford it. They have more roster spots. They can take the cream of the crop and everybody else. But you can well, see a lot. And of you can commit a lot. You can, your dollar goes a lot further in college basketball. Right. So. Um, all, right, all right. Uh, you're up. You're up. All right. So. This is not very controversial. Uh, you know, you take one look at me, you know I'm a little Debbie's snack cake guy. Like, I yes. love me some oatmeal cream pies, zebra cakes, cosmic brownies, doesn't matter. Oh, I hope I know where you're going with this. But my Christmas wish is that we have Christmas cakes throughout the year. The Christmas trees? Those are the best yeah! snack cakes ever <laughs> made. Best wish ever. Yes. So I've got a t-shirt that says Little Debbie's Barbell Club, and I wear it to the gym all the time because I am a snack cake fanatic, man. Oh, my I God. love Little Debbie's. And there's nothing out like when it comes to the holiday time, like I understand people look forward to the gifts and the reverence of the season and the family time. And I hear all that. And that's the Christmas tree cake. One thing I look forward to more than any of it. And it's those white boxes that come out <laughs> the big rectangle at Walmart and then you can get them at the dollar store. 
I love Christmas tree cakes, man. Oh, Give man. them to me at least, or at least you can at least modify it. Like they're Christmas tree cakes, then they're Easter eggs, then they're fireworks. But like, keep the recipe. Give me tr- Christmas tree cakes all year round. And the best part of those Christmas tree cakes are the little uh, crusty sprinkles on the top. Oh my gosh! Yeah, let me warn you. So, um, my neighbors, I have great neighbors. Uh, their girls brought me over. They know that I love the Christmas tree cakes. Yeah. So they said, Uncle Buck, uh, got you a Christmas present, brought me a box of Christmas tree cakes. And I was like, oh, <laughs> thank you, girls. That's great. You know, there's five of them that come into a box. <laughs> yeah. So I got one. And the girls, there's three of them that are our neighbors. They all came over and started playing with my kids. And uh, they saw me eat one, and they were like, can I have one? And I was like, <laughs> girls, y'all just gave these to me. Like, I didn't even have them in my possession for like five minutes, and you, you're you robbing my stash. And so before I know it, I have no Christmas tree games. <laughs> so let I went to Walmart, and this is the warning for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to Walmart, and i am got a hankering. You know, you don't want to grocery shop when you're hungry. Never. Well, I had a hankering for some Christmas tree cakes, and I happened to be in Walmart. And so I saw the box of Christmas tree cakes. I'm like, there they are. Mm-hmm. And right beside it, I saw a king-size box. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, nope. Wait. The king-size box are king-size Christmas trees. And the ratio of sprinkles to mm-hmm. Christmas tree is off. No way. It's not, Come on, man. It's like just it's just like eating a, a white cake shaped like Christmas tree. There's no not enough sprinkles. No, so no crunch. Just be consider this a tip and a, and a warning. Mm. If you're going, if you're thinking about the king size box of Christmas tree cakes, get two of the boxes of normal <laughs> Christmas tree cakes. <laughs> Listen, and man. hide them from your kids. That's hide it. them from your kids. Rusty and your neighbors. Kids, but all of our listeners in Belgium and Mexico City and India and Mississippi, <laughs> hide them from your kids. That's it. I, you, it's not something you can get year round, so you have the right to be selfish. Same, same goes with the the many Cadbury eggs at Easter time. Stock yep. up, put them in your safe. Yeah, and don't tell a soul. Nope. And 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 nothing makes me feel more like an adult than sitting on my couch with a half of you know half a low ball of old forester bullet <laughs> rye and two christmas tree cakes in my lap like this is peak adulting right here I'll nobody tell can what, tell me i can't do this <laughs> if you haven't taken a nap in your recliner with two wrappers of christmas tree cakes laying on your belly then you have not lived <laughs> you clearly haven't lived <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna i'm gonna ruin this good mood we're in right now oh, uh, because with my last uh uh, my last Christmas wish. I wish for more respect from the Ole Miss baseball team because I don't know if you saw this or not. <sighs> they came out with the NCAA collegiate baseball. I don't know who does this poll, but I need to write a strongly worded letter. <laughs> the defending champions are not number one, but not only are they not number one, they're not number 23. Because they are number 24. Yeah, they lost everybody. I don't. That's why I I didn't wish for Tim Elko to come back. I wish for respect. I mean, (laughs) come on. Give us a chance. Thanks for coming out to the podcast tonight, guys. We did not even make the SEC tournament. Yeah, Thanks for coming to the podcast, guys. We'll talk to you all next week. This is In no world 
did that trash Mississippi State team last year deserve <laughs> to be 23? You didn't. <laughs> we team, took it. The we difference in y'all's team and our team that won the national championship is your trash team comes back. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we took a victory lap, man. We lost our key players in Bednar, Rowdy Jordan, like and we you haven't our, replaced them. And Allen, like that's the thing. We took a victory lap. We let everybody get used to My it. Now we're gonna like, be back. You haven't replaced them with anybody, and yet they ranked you two spots higher than the defending national champions. Ole Miss is in between. Georgia Tech and Texas, who Texas is probably too low, too. But above mm-hmm. Ole Miss is, um, let's see, Southern Maryland. Miss, who we beat the brakes off of in the Super Regional. And um, let's see, Wake Forest, UC Santa Barbara. Uh, Listen, this is clearly a biased poll. This is clearly a biased poll because they got LSU in Florida. Florida got ran in, in their own regional last year. LSU is not that great. They didn't return a ton of guys. They graduated a lot. Tennessee, AM, Louisville, Arkansas, Miami, Vanderbilt. That's the top, their top 10 teams. Like this is clearly a biased poll, and I'm not gonna stand for it. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree with really? half of your point. Ole Miss shouldn't even be ranked because they're the worst. <laughs> but uh, but I agree with half your point. Oh, let me show you the picture. I painted this picture. This is of the Ole Miss team dogpiling in Omaha <laughs> on June the 26th, 2022. Uh, I am somewhere up here in right field <laughs> crying my eyes out with my father. Yeah, so calling, me when I'm, calling me when I'm laid up on the couch with COVID and rubbing it in my face that y'all won the national championship because there's nothing else to do on a Tuesday afternoon when you have COVID but lay on the couch it and watch your arch rival win a freaking title. It was a Sunday, so you didn't have anything better to do. Whatever day it was. And you could have had your leg amputated, and I would have called you and Brian. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so, so I'm not asking for you to um, project them to win the College World Series again, although no one projected them to win it last year, and here we are. So I just want some respect in the polls, and whoever the NCAA – uh, collegiate baseball poll writer is needs to. It's going to be getting an email from uh, Two Bucks Sports Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. You keep my name off. You keep my name off that email. And I'm gonna I'm gonna add one more Christmas wish. And my Christmas wish is I wish for the delusion of an old Miss fan just to think how great they truly delusion? are. Delusion. It's a championship. It's hardware. It's, it's a fact. If what are you, you talking about? If you can buy an old Miss fan for what they're worth. And sell them for what they think they're worth. You're coming out in the black a hundred times out of a hundred. Well, yeah, well, that's why we got all of our money. Oh my gosh. We make good deals. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, we're gonna move right along. This, delusion. this is we, a family podcast. We're not gonna sit here and talk about Ole Miss anymore. This, look, look, this is concrete proof. It's a national champion. <laughs> this is not delusion. It's mm. fact, Rusty. Mm. Wake up. Mm. You've got to accept it. You Absolutely can't move not. on until you accept it. Absolutely not. We're speaking of moving on. <laughs> uh, we've got college football going on, so we're not going to worry about some little shoddy baseball team in Oxford, Mississippi right now. <laughs> the champions. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a couple bowl games today. Um, yes. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk about uh, Eastern or Eastern <laughs> Michigan and San Diego State. So you can not talk about Ole Miss winning the yeah. national championship. San Jose State uh, right now, uh, the Fighting New Freezes are losing to Toledo, thirteen to seven. It was sounds like a riveting football game. 
I'll um, tell you what, that's that that real. If that don't get your wood burning, that don't get your fire burning, your wood wet. The uh, leading passer in the game has 87 yards. The leading rusher has 49. So that tells you everything you need to know right there. Um, but tomorrow night is the big game that we're talking about. We've talked about a lot. Uh, Western Kentucky, South Alabama. Won't talk about that anymore. I know we've talked about it a few times on here. Hey, um, go America. Yeah. There you go. Um, USA, baby. I feel like I may need to redo my take on that game since – you caused me to butcher it so bad last week. I didn't cause nothing. I let you roll with it, man. You were you were all passionate. It's nice to see you fired up about something. So I let you go. <laughs> I stand by my point. It's just different opponent. Sure. Uh, tomorrow we've got Air Force and Baylor, and what promises to be a snoozer in the lock. Again, I'm a Patriot. Go Air Force. Go Falcons. <laughs> Uh, and then we have a few games this weekend. Uh, December 23rd, we've got Houston and the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Um, yep. uh, let's see. Cougars have won five. Houston's won five for the last seven games. Clayton Toon throwing over 2,600 yards. Uh, he'll be the player to watch in this one, according to ESPN.com. Uh, that's all you need to know about that. Uh, also, on the 23rd, we have Wake Forest and the, uh, and the Missouri Tigers in the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. I miss this another thing. I miss the days when it was just the Gasparilla or the Outback Bowl. Like, we didn't have these mouthful names where you have to pronounce Six or eight words before you finally get to the name of the bowl. Like, just give me the Gasparilla Bowl. Like, what it's we Gasparilla. Whatever. Right, shout out to our, our fans in Mexico City. It's Gasparilla. Uh, no, I I just can't keep up with them anymore. Like, um, if Mississippi State is not going to play in the Outback Bowl and win me a Blooming Onion, then don't even send them anywhere. Yeah. Um, let's see. Christmas Eve. Again, we used to have just the Hawaii Bowl, right? Like you get to go play in Hawaii. That's great. Now it's the, the easy sponsor post. is the state of Hawaii. Yeah. Now it's apparently the Easy Post sponsored Hawaii Bowl. Um, I'm gonna guess uh is that a stamps company or is it cereal? I think it's a fence company. I don't know. <laughs> That's a segment. We're gonna do <laughs> <laughs> what does this company do? <laughs> I'm here for it. Next week, stay tuned for next sponsor, and I'll tell you what it is. Well, real quick in that one, it's actually a de- like decent MTSU, the Blue Raiders from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, who beat Miami uh, on their own uh, uh, field, and then promptly turned. I got blown out by Louisiana Tech, who won all of three games this year. Play San uh, San Diego State, um, so that could be a wild game. The next one, uh, this one's this one's an easy one. Sorry, softball. December twenty sixth is the Quick Lane Bowl, Bowling Green in New Mexico State. That's where you uh, you get your t- tires changed and um, get a loan. Yeah, it's like the uh, yeah, it's like that commercial where that lady's knitting the sweaters and they get done too fast, and so all her family has the crop tops for their Christmas. Party. I tried to get my wife to recreate that picture for our Christmas party. <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Um, couple more before we record next week. The Camellia Bowl. That uh, is uh, flowers. Yep, that's in Montgomery, Alabama. Buffalo versus Georgia Southern. Uh, anytime one of those teams above the Mason-Dixon line ventures below, I expect a team that's below the Mason-Dixon line to hold serve. Uh, give me Georgia Southern in that game. That's just that Confederate mentality you got. That's it, man. Uh, apparently. <laughs> uh, the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, Utah State Aggies versus the Memphis State Tigers. Memphis State, you say? 
Yeah, it may, I keep Memphis State. It's kind of a cool name, man. When they do those throwback jerseys, they look good. So Memphis yeah. State. Uh, who are you pulling for on this one? <sighs> Why are you gonna take the other one? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just not pulling for Memphis. <laughs> Go Aggies. <laughs> That's fair. I, yeah, I can get behind <laughs> that. Go Aggies. I can get behind yeah. that. Um, and then a couple more, a uh, couple of decent ones actually. We got the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Uh, the Not the, yeah. I went to the BBVA Compass Bowl one time in Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what this used to be. Now it is yeah. the uh, Ticket Smarter is the Battle of Carolinas, East Carolina versus Coastal Carolina, which could kind of be the same because uh, Coastal Carolina is East Carolina. But let me ask you, uh, do you have the location pulled up? Is that played uh, at um, what field is that played at? Protective Life Stadium. Okay. So they're not playing that at Legion Field anymore. Because I, I went to Legion Field. Let me tell you what. They didn't even have a bathroom. That place is dumb, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That place is a – I mean, it's in the middle of the hood. And they didn't dumb. even have drinks for sale. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Drew, what do they do there? Uh, they guarantee interest rates yeah, for uh, home and auto insurance. Yep, played at Chase Field. Um, this is going to be uh, Oklahoma State and Wisconsin, which is an interesting matchup, uh, mostly because both teams' starting quarterbacks are in the transfer portal, so neither of them are going to play. So it's a battle of the backups. Um, and this is a fun stat. The Badgers' two backups have attempted a combined 11 passes this season. And then the true freshman quarterback for the Cowboys started two games, filling in for mm-hmm. the injured Spencer Sanders, right. um, but was terrible. They lost both games. So this is the future fighting Luke Fickles against, I'm a man, I'm 40, Mike, Mike Gundy. Yeah. <laughs> I like Mike Gundy. I too, man. The mullet, it works for him, man. It fits his personality. You still have it? Uh, I know he did last year. I didn't see him this year, but. Okay. Uh, you got any thoughts on it? Uh, I think it's going to be a snooze fest. You got backup quarterbacks left and right. Oklahoma State can move the ball. Wisconsin's defense is the only thing good about that team. And in bowl games, give me the defense. They go badges. Okay. Well, uh, what you got? What do you want to hit next? Let's We've talk got national- a smattering of targets, uh, topics. Yeah, let's talk national signing day before we get into the Grizz a little bit. Um, I know you got an opinion, and I think that we share a similar opinion here. But you know, Drew, when I was in high, when I was in high school, when I was in college, like it's a big deal, right? Like you sign your national letter of intent in February. It's a big signing day, right. and then like when I was going through it and like, going through college, going to high school, you just signed a letter, like that was it. Then now you moved on to the picking of the hats. And then over the last couple of years, you've had all these epic videos that people have done. And so it's just completely devolved. And then now all of a sudden, we have the early signing period. So it loses some of that luster, in my opinion, and I'm curious of yours, of what used to be February was the signing day. And that's when you knew what kind of team you were going to have the next year. Well, uh, we share some of the opinion. I'm not going to be an old curmudgeon because uh, (laughs) the hats – and the uh, elaborate videos announcing your uh, intentions to sign are amazing. Man, uh, Deontay Anderson, uh, who ended up not being much, but at the time was a four-star <laughs> safety out of Manville High School in Houston, Texas, committed to Ole Miss. And on signing day, uh, he released a video of him jumping out of an airplane. Hmm. And when his 
when his shoot deployed, there was an Ole Miss flag. And I was like, God, you tell me that, that this guy's going to be an all-SEC guy. Like, there's no doubt. He's got no fear. Uh, a year and a half later, if you <laughs> Google it, Leonard Fournette highlights, he's one of them. <laughs> he gave that kid a ride. <laughs> he, he's the guy that – Leonard Fournette hits going 90 miles an hour down the sideline, and all you see is legs. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I love the uh, the theatrics of it. However, where signing day lost me is the early signing day because mm-hmm. it may benefit kids or coaches. I don't care. I'm talking about as a consumer and a lover of college football and a former lover of signing day, I used to take off every national signing day because when freeze was there and I was really into recruiting and he was putting together these huge recruiting classes, it was incredible. And you could circle one day of the year. And it was like, that's the day you're going to know who you got. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I guess it's kind of worked out the same way. Like coaches are pushing kids to do the early signing day. That's now the signing day. However, it's like three days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's kind of – it's just at a weird time. And and it's also, well, if they don't sign then, then they'll sign in February. And so right. it's all – they used to have this trajectory. You know, you're going visits in the fall, and then you get your dead period, and then you start getting rumors, and everything happens. And it's just crescendo to February, and then it's over. Well, now mm-hmm. you've got this, like – sort of peak and then it drops down and then whoever's left signs in February and it's over. Mm-hmm. Couple that with the fact that the transfer portal, like I don't know how teams who are recruiting heavily and doing an incredible job at recruiting like Texas A&M who have the number one recruiting class last year. How can you even be excited about your recruiting yeah. class? Cause if they, if things don't go perfectly, they're leaving anyways. Right. So like, there's so much rollover in college football rosters these days that you can't even afford to get excited about uh, excited about your new recruits coming in. I mean, you look at Texas, and you've got to know in the back of their mind, like, they've got Arch, but Quinn Ewers is a sophomore. Mm-hmm. So yeah. are they – do you really have Arch? Or, or in a year, are you going to have to pick between Arch and Quinn Ewers and one of them's hitting the road? Because mm-hmm. they're not going to be backups. Mm-hmm. So, sure, you got Arch. That's a win. But you've got to know, like, okay, when's the shoe going to drop? It mm-hmm. takes away the – to me, it takes away the fun of signing day. But it all started from – though. I, I quit paying attention to recruiting when – Jeffrey Simmons and Cam mm-hmm. Avery went somewhere else. Like Big Jeff, baby. Though Jeffrey Simmons uh, wounded me greatly, and Cam Akers killed me. <laughs> I, I thought Cam Akers, coming out of Clinton High School, was going to be a rebel. He was, I mean, he was going to be a rebel for years until he wasn't. Yeah. And you have um, him. He probably would have. It worked out nicely. He had a very subpar college career, but he's in the NFL, so I guess mission accomplished. But I bet you yeah. ask him, he probably – You know, the rumors about Big Jeff where it was Ole Miss 1, Alabama 2, and State was not even on the radar. When he picked up that State hat on signing day, man, I just let out an audible just holler. Cause like, oh, yeah. 
There was well, no no indicators that he was coming to Mississippi State. Did we hire his coach? Yeah, absolutely. That didn't hurt. And, and there was a bag there. But if you're not paying, then you ain't trying. That's it, man. But what what happened that sign? That was the same signing day as AJ Brown. Yeah, we and DK Metcalf and all mm-hmm. them, and everybody, they, all their money that was going other places, uh, didn't pan out, and so all the funds got pulled to Mr. Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. And I mean, hey, like I said, with the whole uh, uh, NFL draft and opt out thing, you only get so many opportunities to make a bag and get yeah. it in cash money right there. Yeah. You, sometimes you just gotta yeah. take it. And listen, we may not have had the flashy players, but we became D-line you there for a little while because you look across the NFL and there are most of your pro ball defensive linemen. Most? Jeff Simmons, Chris Jones, Fletcher Cox, Danico Altry, pro ball defensive linemen. I mean, you just said most. And yeah. I mean, that would, that would, that would entail. I you mean, got Preston in, Smith, in, Preston, in, Preston Smith, uh, Montez Sweat. Like you look a lot, you look around the league. All pro bowlers. They're all pros. Uh, but you say most, like like fifty one percent. That's what most <laughs> means. And so, yeah, if, if most people say I'm beautiful, do you think <laughs> that that fifty one percent of women across this great land think I'm beautiful? Nope. Well, that's what you're is. saying about Mississippi. It ain't State. nobody outside of them four most, walls. Right there. Most pro bowlers <laughs> are Mississippi State defense line. Nah, not me. You're just exaggerating. You got D-line your here. D-line you. But D-line anyway, you. I hear you. Except like, Alabama. It changes, it changes the landscape a little bit. You know, it's, it's lost some of that luster to me. Like you said, just because you have a guy in December doesn't mean you're going to have him the following December. What the transfer right. portal is, what it is, you know. You know, these guys, like, there was a left tackle at Western Kentucky. He signed at Western Kentucky and was going to be this – what's happening? Grizzlies are getting beat 15-4 to four by Denver. That's not surprising. 17-4. Um, yeah. But you got the, this this left tackle at Western Kentucky, likely going to be a first-round draft pick. Enters, just kind of puts feelers out there and comes back to Western Kentucky and says, this is what I'm worth on the open market. They match. He ends up staying. But that's what you get now with this transfer portal. And so signing day has lost some of the luster because, like, unless these kids get the bag that they're looking for, some of them may not even stay. But even if they do, Quinn Ewers reclassified to go to Ohio State Mm -hmm. because NIL got pushed through uh, legislation. Mm -hmm. And so because NIL got pushed through, he reclassified, skipped his senior year, went to Ohio State, Mm -hmm. got a truckload of money, left without ever taking a snap and went to Texas and cashed in again. Again. Are you talking about a capitalist? Yeah. That guy looks like a country music singer from the 90s. Let me tell you what. He's got the business acumen of a real estate mogul. <laughs> yeah, at 18 years old, and and it, I'm curious, like you said, what it, what you know, depending on which way Texas leans, like does Arch then go somewhere else in the SEC? Does Quinn go back to Ohio State? Does he leave? That's what like, Arch what is, is coming home, baby. Oh God. Hey, well, why not? You think he's gonna go for? He's gonna take a, a, a such a step down from a program as Texas to a middle a of the program that you're not playing at. To an SEC school? He's going to go to Georgia, Alabama. Like, there's a million schools he would go to before he'd go to Ole Miss. We're still home. Don't discount it. Uh, yeah, but he can get a bag in Tuscaloosa. His and uncle, his brother, his daddy are all there. I mean, you can't deny that it's not on the radar. 
if it is, it's so far out and left field. Again, oh the Christmas God. list is, wish, is the delusion of an old Miss fan. You're just being a that that is dots that are connected so easily. You just want to make it more difficult. A delusion, the delusion of an old Miss fan, man. Oh, if you're saying that a man thinking that a Manning might entertain coming to Ole Miss is a delusion, then you're delusional. The only reason he would entertain it is so he could get more money from Georgia. I mean, Georgia's got the money. That's if you're making a decision based on money, I'm not saying Ole Miss is going to be the outbid anybody. So it's the you're same thing. It's, it's the same where thing. He grew up. It, you know, and, and you may be right because it's the same thing your head coach is doing. He's using Ole Miss as a way to get more money in the future, whether that's at a bigger school or the or wherever he's going to end up. Um, maybe you get a quarterback that will do the same to you, and it couldn't happen to a better institution. Hey, you come here and win and get a better job, all more power to you. Yeah, go eight and four and get a better job, huh? Yep. Okay. Hey, we went ten and two last year. No, yeah. And then this year, year, this year was the year like we're gonna be in the college football playoffs and then you're eight and four losing. Oh, first, I never said that. And if anybody did say that, they were delusional. That person. <laughs> let's not make it the whole fan base here. Anyway. No. Let's, anyway. let's lump everybody together. So moving right along, uh, let's talk about our Grizz. You kind of we kind of queued it up. We're currently getting beat by the Nuggets, um, way too far above sea level to be playing NBA basketball, but we're there. Coming off of an embarrassing loss, Drew. I know you watched it, man. It was tough. Even if Ja got ran, like we talked about earlier, just like the team well, that's wasn't. I turned it off. If I'm being honest, I watched it to the bitter end. I wrote a blog post about it. Two bucksportspod.com. The number two, two bucksportspod.com. It's embarrassing. Like. It's not on the coach. It was on the team. It was on our players. They were not interested. You could tell they didn't want to be there. There was no interest whatsoever. Uh, we're now down three touchdowns. It's 21 to six. Um, and once again, it looks like we're not interested in playing basketball tonight. And it's like, guys, like you can't rest on the laurels. Like it doesn't take away the cr- like credit from what we did against uh, Milwaukee and Giannis because we absolutely took their lunch money. Well, Dylan Brooks man, was I mean- incredible. But what it does, it looks like, we're resting on that one victory and not taking care of business against teams that we should. Uh, an argument can be made for that, for sure. However, this is an 82-game series season, and Milwaukee is not 40 points less than the Grizzlies either. I mean, you have games, and Milwaukee couldn't hit a shot, and the Grizzlies were out of sorts. And we were listening. I'll give credit. I I'm a uh, daily listener to the Chris Vernon show. He is where I go for all my Grizzlies wisdom. Uh, it's where that's, that's that's who I listen to first. And he's got this old saying where he uh he used to cover Hubie Brown when he was a coach for the Grizzlies, and he would say, "You play an 82 game season, uh, you can chalk up five games that you will lose no matter what. The mm-hmm. other teams got it, and you don't." And you can chalk up five games that you're going to win no matter what, no matter who you're playing, what night, because you've got it and the other team don't. And the season is made in those other 72 games. And what that game against Oklahoma City and that game for against Milwaukee are two sides of that same coin. We had it and Milwaukee didn't, and we didn't have it and Oklahoma City did. They – now, you can say they weren't ready, they weren't paying attention. I, I get it. It's fine. It's 82 games, I, and yeah. you're not – you're 
you're just not going to – they had just come off of a five-game homestand, uh, yeah, five-game homestand, and going on the road for the first time, getting out of their own house for the first time. Sure. They probably went to Oklahoma City, had a few drinks, sure. showed up a little slow, and sure. th- they saw that uh, Gilgis Alexander wasn't playing, and they took him lightly. There's no doubt they took him lightly, and you can fault them for that. But instead, I'm going to be like – I'm just going to chalk it up to being like, you know – I give you that. I give you that. And then here we are two days later, we're down 22 to eight. And it's not what you do in adversity. It's what you do with success. We had a great win. All eyes are on you. I understand. Sure. You have a letdown game against Oklahoma city, but then what you do is you say, look, we, we screwed up. We dropped the ball there. We've got to bounce back and play better. And what do you do is you come out and you lay an egg in the first quarter of your next road game. We're six and eight on the road this year. Look, I mean, obviously trending towards six and nine being down, you know, three touchdowns like we are. Um, it's, it it doesn't look like we're handling success very well. Again, it's two games out of 82 game season. I'll give you that, but we've got some. We've got Phoenix. We've got Golden State coming up on the road, then Phoenix again at home. You got to figure something out. Like you can say that all you want. It's one game. Well, it's two games. Well, it's three games. Then it becomes a trend, and at some point you got to break that cycle and win a basketball game. Um, we finally I broke mean, double digits. Sure. What we. What you're saying is probably true. I think you're just making a bigger deal out of it than what I am. I don't know, I'm, I'm saying we're fine. If you turned it off after the if you turned it off after the jaw ejection, then you didn't see how bad we played. It who was would awful. We were getting beat twenty when Jaw got ejected. It was awful. Like yeah. and it got worse. There was I it just it did not look like a competitive basketball team. Did. And here we they are. Here we are two days later. Well, yeah, like usually when that lights a fire under you, you come back and make it competitive. And yeah, we we did the like in the last five minutes, but there was two and three quarter quarters where it was bad basketball, and clearly we're off to that same start. So listen, this team is just fine. We're 19 and 10. Uh we do struggle on the road. That that does scare me a little bit, especially if you start projecting that towards playoffs. But also with with playoffs though comes another level of intensity on both sides. I mean, yeah, but how but how do you handle success, man? You you, you know you can't go win a first game by forty points and then lose the next two at Sacramento or wherever you end up playing. Yeah, but you say that they not handling success, but they just won. They they had a seven game win streak. Sure, they did. So now they, that's they that's a even, lot of handling of successes. And then they're getting embarrassed. But yeah, that's easy to do at home, like you said, from the comforts of your home. Then you go on the road and you got to handle that success, and you get embarrassed by a, a bad basketball team. And then Denver's, you know, they're fine. They're not great. They got Jokic, but what else? Not just Jokic. I mean, he's incredible. I mean, he's incredible. But like, but what else? To, to put a bow on the Grizzlies, and I want to talk about Jokic for a second. You can. Go ahead and write off a of Grizz if you want to. I'm I'm in here. I'm taking it. I will take it on the chin, and I'm gonna keep saying this team is in the top two to three teams in the West. And and I don't I don't care what they look like against Oklahoma City in December. I'm not arguing that point. I'm just saying we've got to play better road basketball. And I agree with you. Did you see that Jokic uh, stat line from his last game against? Uh, Charlotte. That's unbelievable. <laughs> 47 points. Or, I'm sorry. 40 points, 27 rebounds, and 10 assists. That's he video is, game stats. That's and video. I know that he is the back-to-back MVP, but I still feel like he is only appreciated by, like, mm-hmm. NBA nerds. Like, people mm-hmm. who, like me, I just love and follow the NBA. 
because you, he's not a jersey that just is going to sell. I don't know if it's if it's because um, it's not because he's a foreigner because Luca's got a it's he's because got a huge Q rating. But I think Jokic it's because it does it's, not get the respect that he's got. He's not flashy, I guess. But and like, it's such a guard heavy league. You've got Steph, you've got Ja, you've got yeah, you know, Chris true. Paul, Devin Booker. Such a, a guard heavy league that an old school center like Jokic is not going to get the the press. Because back in the nineties, when I was growing up, it was Hakeem, it was Patrick Ewing, it was Alonzo Mourning, it was these big centers. And now that's it's changed. the point of Jokic that doesn't right. get talked about enough is that he is right. not a big lug. That no. dude, he may look it and don't. Don't let the look of him be looking like big country fool mm-hmm. you. That dude moves <laughs> yeah. and passes and rebounds and shoots. It's incredible to watch. He's, like I was so happy that they were playing at 9 o'clock tonight. Mm-hmm. The kids are in bed. We're going to podcast, and when we're done, it'll be in the second quarter. And I'm going to sit here, and even if the Grizzlies are getting worked, I'm going to sit here and watch Jokic and just foam at the mouth. Like, that dude is incredible. It's just it's like having two point guards on the floor because he sees the floor so well from the post that like it's like just because you can you can drop a guard you can double team he's gonna find the open guy he is like what Marcus Saul was trying to be but what yeah he's the, the Mark on steroids he's because he's aggressive that was the thing with Mark Mark was so passive like it was cool to watch him facilitate but there were games we needed Marcus Saul to take over and win basketball games and he would never do it it was mind-numbingly frustrating whereas Jokic will say you know what nobody else has it tonight I'll go drop 40 and win us a basketball game right Mark never did that. All right, let's let's move out of the NBA. Uh, just quick transition. Uh, I you text me Sunday. Uh, we were driving home. It's time for Uncle Buck's soccer minute, and it's only going to be a minute. But uh, like I've said every podcast, this started out as a joke. Okay, <laughs> I didn't even realize the World Cup was coming on, but here I was, uh, and fully invested in this World Cup and the World Cup final between Argentina. And uh, France was going on at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. And first off, a 9 a.m. kickoff is just incredible. You're talking about waking up. Now, I was not – I was driving, but, like, I can put myself at my house. Like, waking up, having a cup of coffee and watching sports at 9 a.m. It's probably what the only advantage to living out on the West Coast would be. The NFL starts at like 10 a.m. Like it'd be just incredible. Uh, but I, you text me and you're like, "Are you watching this?" And I was like, "Are you watching this?" <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so, oh, uh, I'm the designated driver in my family, and that's not a drinking thing. That is, my wife hates driving. Uh, <laughs> but at one point, um, I was. I had it on while I was driving, but I was listening to it. Now, mm-hmm. I couldn't find a radio feed. So uh, with the soccer announcers, they they do a pretty good job of keeping you up to date uh, vocally uh, without having to rely too much on the video. And it was absolutely incredible. Messi, who apparently is uh, like Charles Barkley, was like Charles Barkley of soccer. Like He was incredible. Everybody appreciated him, but he never got won the big one. Mm-hmm. And he uh, scores on a penalty kick in early in the game to put him up one. He has this incredible uh, touch pass 
uh, in front of a defender to another player of his who uh, kicks it in. Uh, and this is all in the first half to go up 2 nothing. And soccer is just like, okay, 2 nothing. Let's just hang back, try our hardest not to lose this one. But it, that's a pretty commanding lead. Yeah. And they play 90 minutes. And then, like, the 79th minute, France, whose star player, uh, Killian Mbappe, who is just a freak. Uh, you watched – I don't know how much you watched. When did you turn it on? Um, it was it was tied 3-3 towards the end of the game, and then I saw a penalty. Oh, okay. so you missed this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got a penalty. that They tackled him in the box, resulting in a penalty kick. Penalty kicks are a joke. Like I've said before, he makes it uh, two to one. And a minute and a half later, in a game in that plays 90 minutes and you're lucky to get two or three goals, 90 seconds later, he catches one out of the air. Uh, they kick it over to him, and without the ball even touching the ground, that dude is sideways and just hits a howl line. <laughs> That's what they call it, a howl line. Uh, <laughs> and ties it up. And I was floored. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, that is the, one of the single most athletic things I've ever seen in my life in a sport which I thought was just running in place for 90 minutes. You know? uh, and so they tie it up. They go into extra time. Messi is the hero again. Uh, he gets the goal. And then all they got to do, again, wait for France. You know, just wait them out. And here comes Mbappe again and scores another – gets another penalty, ties it up, and that sucker goes to penalty kicks. And there is no more tension in the world. It's like a, it's like a fifty-yard field goal to, mm-hmm. uh, no, yeah, fifty-yard field goal is more difficult than a penalty kick. It's like a free throw, <laughs> but <laughs> literally billions of people are watching. <laughs> Four and, million people watch the World Cup. Four yeah. billion. And uh, and Argentina pulls it out, and everybody was being all emotional, and I was. I'm, I was, I'm still, I'm, I'm not that involved yet to where I was shedding tears, but everybody started, you know, I'm happy for Messi, happy for Messi, you know, mm. finally he's the GOAT, you know, he's got his, the only thing he's never done before. It was incredible. And I'm genuinely uh, looking forward to the next World Cup, especially considering, you know, where the next World Cup is. It's in Canada. Okay. However, uh, it's like the Olympics. Uh, it'll be in Canada, but like the regional host sites, uh, a lot of them are going to be in the U.S. And so if you're hosting, if you're a host country of the World Cup, you're automatically qualified. Hmm. So the U.S. will be in it again. There we go. Got, so. got a shot to make it. But, yeah, I mean, I watched the penalty kicks. You know, Mbappe, he, uh, he did his thing for France. Credit to the Argentina goalie. He made some incredible saves and in some of those penalty kicks. Like it was, I mean, it was. Oh, it was, he started it was, dancing after that first, that second <laughs> save he made. Yeah, I knew I it was, was over like, right then. Dude, that dude was built for it. You yep. know, like yeah. I want that guy in my foxhole. You know, he was not at that moment was not too big for him. He was ready. Oh, he was man. ready to roll. And he had the celebration. He was the only one in that stadium who knew he was blocking this one. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah. All right. What we got next, Buckets? Uh, we'll wrap up with a little League of Avengers talk. Um, no. Oh, hey, I did want to hit this real quick. Um, I, I don't know if you saw this, and we'll just mm-hmm. spend a second on it. The Phoenix Suns sold mm-hmm. today. 
the majority stake was was bought by a fella named Matt Ashiba. I guess that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Ishbia or something. He was uh, Clay Travis's from Twitter fame's law school classmate. Sidebar. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring Clay Travis into this. <laughs> um, however, uh, the fin- the majority of the company was sold, of the team, and that is for the Suns and the Phoenix Mercury, the WNBA team, $4 billion. Which is like $3.999 billion for the sp- Suns and like a hundred k for the Mercury. Yeah, well, you got to take shots. <laughs> anyway, right. listen, the Phoenix Suns were playing basketball in my backyard. I wouldn't open the blinds. <laughs> uh, uh, but four billion dollars to buy that team, and I was kind of doing some reading. He is, uh, like we were talking about bowl games. He is the CEO of a uh, of a uh, mortgage lender company and the most fascinating thing i found was he is i'm gonna read you some stuff uh he is the nba's youngest owner but he is also mortal enemies with dan gilbert who is the owner of the cleveland cavaliers Mm -hmm. okay so he started this he took over his dad's company that 12 employees the firm is now sitting at 7200 employees uh he seems like a great guy it was something they went on to talk about how he gives out these huge prizes at company Christmas parties, calls at least two employees every day to tell them they're doing a good job. Um, But the most interesting part is that his biggest company rival is with Dan Gilbert, who owns Rocket Mortgage. I don't know if you knew that's where he Mm -hmm. got his money from. Mm -hmm. Um, It goes so far to say uh, during COVID, Rocket Mortgage – laid off reduced its workforce by 2,000 people and Ishibia, uh the new owner of the Phoenix Suns called it disgusting and to take it a step further issued an ultimatum to other mortgage brokers saying he would no longer work with brokers who sent loans to Rocket Mortgage <laughs> and and then uh the feud got worse when uh Ishibia and uh Gilbert um, they're both uh, alumni of Michigan State, and Ishabia donated thirty-two million dollars to the Michigan State Athletic Department last year. But just a month after the uh, he donated that, mm-hmm. Dan Gilbert announced a five-year deal that made Rocket Mortgage the presenting sponsor of the Michigan State basketball. <laughs> And so they are just in this constant competition of trying to one up each other and they yeah. hate each other. And so I'm just thinking like, I, I wish they were in the same division, but I, you got to think that this new owner for the Phoenix mm. bought this team as a way to try to get back at Dan Gilbert. He's, mm. he's just, his driving force is to beat Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. I like that. That's good. Uh, let's just not talk about League of Avengers today. Okay. You cool with that? I'm fine with that. Oh, really? No, I'm not fine with that. Man, there's somebody in the championship game on this podcast. What are you talking about, man? Get out of here with that mess. <laughs> uh, yeah, Yeah, man. so uh, week one of the playoffs, Rusty beat the brakes off of Aaron, who 
You're welcome. I wanted to root for Aaron, but dang it, he just keeps texting me, telling me that <laughs> Will Levis is good, and I just can't can't keep keep it up with him. Because so, his re- his rebuttal to the fact that Will Levis puts mayonnaise in his coffee is that he also eats bananas with the peel on, like that's going to help his cause. Like, oh, uh, well, I mean, maybe he's just weird. Maybe he's eclectic, you know. Like, Prince no, was eclectic. Will Levis is just bad. Yeah, like, like I told him, like Patrick Mahomes puts ketchup on steaks, uh, and I oh that I can overlook because Patrick Mahomes is incredible. Um, I'm not going to overlook this by Will Levis because Will Levis stinks. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, Rusty beat Aaron, uh, emphatically, and Justin Lumpkin beat Zach emphatically. And so that leads us up to a two-week battle for the Stan Lee Cup that will be decided in the next two weeks. That, yeah. And week one looks extremely competitive. Last I checked, um, Rusty and Lump were uh, projected to be within two and a half, three points of each other. For week yeah. one, that's, you know, that's worth mm-hmm. as much as the paper right. you printed on, honestly. Uh, yeah. But – I mean, if that projection holds true, man, I'm ex- I'm excited, and I hope that mm-hmm. my only hope is that uh, one, if you win, I'm not sending it. You're gonna have to come get it. <laughs> it's a big trophy, and uh, I'm not going to send it to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope that it's competitive going into the last week mm-hmm. because there's nothing more fun for a team that that is not in it, and for a general manager of a fantasy football team that's not in it, than to just be able to watch that last mm-hmm. week and keep up yeah. with Lump's team who I will be rooting hard. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it, it looked a lot better for me. And then Jonathan Taylor went down with a high angle sprain. He's done for the year. Um, so we'll, I think it'll be a good matchup. Lump's team is incredibly hot. They've been scoring a ton of points lately. He's I think got the be... best team in the league. I think you've yeah. got to look at him and just on paper, it's hard yeah. to deny that. Yeah. He's got the best team in the league. I've told you all along, I have not loved this team. I've just gotten more lucky than good. But sometimes it's what it takes to win. And, Drew, that Stan Lee Cup's going to look real good about, like, right here over my shoulder uh, week in and week out if I'm lucky enough to win. But that's yeah. a big if because Lump's team is, is pretty tough right now. Well, if you hang that up, I'm going to get me a bookcase, and I will hang, I will put up every single thing that I bought that has of Ole Miss National Championship College World Series merch that I have that I spent a lot of money on. <laughs> I mean, I've got everything. Same. You, I've you, got a lot I'll of have, I'll have all seven cups and coffee cups and <laughs> banners and koozies. I'm just looking around here. Pictures yeah. and Coca-Cola bottles. I mean, look at this. That will be what I'm drinking on. Out of every single time that I get on the phone with you, if you have the Stanley Cup in the background. And I'll make sure that as the host, I'll find a way to blur out your background. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's see. I was just looking at Lump's team real quick. But, yeah, uh, Josh Allen, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, that's what has a – Yeah. Josh Jacobs, I mean, he's got Josh Jacobs, who's the second-best fantasy running back in the league this year. 
Uh, that's a tough team. It's going to be a tough team to beat, but uh, I agree. I hope it's competitive. I think it'll be a good, a good, good matchup. Um, we'll see what happens. So, um, but with that, Drew, thanks. Uh, it's another great episode, man. It's always fun doing these. You know, we joke all the time, like, you know, even if it just ends up being our fantasy football league or our mamas and our friends that listen to this, like, I enjoy doing this week in and week out. It's a ton of fun to get in yeah. here and talk some sports, talk some smack. Um, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy doing this week after week. So appreciate you yeah. being here, man. And uh, just a reminder, uh, please, please, please go find us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitter and Instagram, the number two buck sports podcast. Uh, search two buck sports podcast in Twitter. I mean, in uh, YouTube, subscribe to it uh, and Spotify. Yes, obviously mm-hmm. Spotify. Uh, subscribe to it. Throw us a review. We'd appreciate it. Share it with your friends. That's probably the most important thing you could do for us to share it because we genuinely like it. And as we go forward, especially as we get into a loss, uh, we want to get some feedback. We want to uh, get some questions, some topic ideas, whatever we can do. We want to interact. And that's the reason why we've uh, we've set up the website for the blog post. We want to drive as much interaction as we can because we like doing this and we feel like we got something promising. And so, um, being able to uh, to reach out and talk to folks that that like the podcast, we'd love to to do that. Yep. As always, keep your nose clean. We'll see y'all back next week. Have a merry Christmas, happy holidays, whatever you decide to celebrate. Um, uh, we'll see y'all back here next week. All right. Merry Christmas, guys.